This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 10th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Super PACs have earned the ire of candidate Newt Gingrich, just as a super PAC that supports him is about to launch an expensive attack on the presidential aspirations of Mitt Romney. But, says the Cato Institute's John Samples, super PACs aren't just about political attack ads, they're about freedom of political speech. I think you predicted this a while ago, this idea that at some point uh, candidates would be asked to uh, reject the uh, attacks that were coming out of not affiliated but not completely unaffiliated uh, super PACs uh, that that candidates cannot um, control in any way but can encourage others to contribute to and uh, otherwise play essentially no role in the the operation of, of the organization. Newt Gingrich recently asked Mitt Romney to reject the characterizations made in ads that were produced by a Romney supporting super PAC. So where does that where does all that stand right now? Well, as what happens usually is that the uh, independent super PACs do something that the candidate finds embarrassing or is receiving bad press about, and then they uh, reject them or ask them publicly to stop it. Uh, that does not. Mitt Romney did not, uh, as far as I know, say anything about uh, withdrawing the. Th- the, which he can't really do legally, but even rejecting as a general public matter the criticisms of Newt Gingrich that were advanced by a super PAC that's favorable to him. Uh, and indeed, you know, I think for all of these candidates to have done that would be a, a tremendous mistake for uh, our... We, we have elections not just to find out who can be the most positive and speak the best about... Uh, his past, and well, you want to hear that too. But we want people to say this person who also is running against me is not fit to be president, and here's why. We need to know the bad things as well as the good things. Now, Newt Gingrich is sort of on both sides of the issue. He said he would be happy to get rid of super PACs, not really clear on exactly how that would comport with the First Amendment, but he's also preparing a large. Uh, or I should say a super PAC that is supporting him, is preparing a large ad buy to attack Mitt Romney. Yes. uh, Now, and again, this is the way the system works and should work, I think, given the size of our country and everything. Uh, New Gingrich was criticized in Iowa and did poorly, largely because of the criticism, I think. He is now, uh, he should, I think, the best thing you would hope, that he would have replied to the criticism and said, it's wrong, but instead he's going to try to point out shortcomings uh, uh, with uh, Mitt Romney, and he's going. He has bought a film that someone has made about uh, the days of Bain Capital and allegedly the economic damage that he, Mr. Romney did. I think it's important to keep in mind when we're talking about super PACs. It's entirely possible for for people to form super PACs who do not have a candidate. Who are, who are truly only interested in a single issue, who are interested in anybody but this guy over here, that, that these things are not, are not explicitly tied to candidates and in many ways don't have to be tied to candidates at all. Of course, that's the famous case of Speech Now you've just described, which said if it's the case that people can spend money as they wish about messages – Uh, during election time, well, then why shouldn't people be able to come together as individuals and contribute what they want? Why should there be contribution limits on that? And the court said, we see the logic of that. Uh, I mean, the alternative, 
and I think you make a good point here, the alternative to this, imagine that, which is that individuals can't come together, spend their money, and put messages up, speech, political speech up about this candidate, that candidate, or issues, or issues and candidates, or whatever they want to. That's the First Amendment. It w you'd live in a society in which the government actually uh, gave permission to people to do that. That's, that's just not where we are here. We're not there yet, and we shouldn't never go there. For me, the real question of super PACs is we're going to hear a lot of complaints about them. There's going to be talk about how much money is spent and so on. The challenge I would like to have is let's look at exactly what super PACs are doing. And what they are doing is saying Newt Gingrich had ethical violations in the past. He's not fit to be president. Mitt Romney destroyed jobs. He's not fit to be president. You may not like all of these messages. Some of them may even be wrong or false. But they are political speech, and we shouldn't trust that to the government. And half the value is getting that criticism out there. At the very least, the, the value to voters. Uh, I know that where I'm from in Kentucky, there was, a, there was a guy who ran, for the most part, unopposed. And he was perfectly happy, this lawmaker in Congress, was perfectly happy, I think, to have his name ID be quite low within mm -hmm. his district because there was a very, there was a very low likelihood of having his name ID go up that was going to be of any benefit to him at all. Well, this is the political science literature that says these high-spending races hurt incumbents because they give people information they wouldn't otherwise have about incumbents. The ID is, is usually low. You don't know anything about them. And uh, so it, it's usually the case. The other thing I would say about super PACs is because they are this loosening from Speech Now and Citizens United, this loosening of the, the funding of political speech, you may well see a lot more money spent in these uh, tight, important uh, elections. And again, that seems like a good thing to me. People will be saying more things about one another. And finally, the other point I would make about uh, Newt Gingrich and one of the criticisms of super PACs is, you know, people say, well, it just leads to negative false speech and big lies and so on. Well, in the case of this uh, uh, attack on Romney that's coming up, uh, the underlying film was offered to every Republican candidate and the only one that took it was Newt Gingrich. So my question is, why did those other candidates pass on it? And I think the answer is they thought that with a Republican primary electorate, this kind of speech uh, was risky. It could hurt as well as harm. So the, some kinds of negative speech always have a political risk to them or a political calculation to be made. Mr. Gingrich, uh, in a desperate situation, is willing to uh, take up that risk. The others won't, so we shouldn't just think that this is totally negative, it's big lies and all that kind of thing. There's po politics behind this that determines that we won't have uh, perhaps the kind of really awful kinds of situations, mudslinging and big lies, that these um, opponents of uh, free speech always point to. John Samples is author of The Fallacy of Campaign Finance Reform. He's also director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.